now the super genius, Mark Madden. Ben, 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 ben. Are you speaking from the inside of an electric razor? <laughs> yeah. Luke, I am your father. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio, the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Serbian reactionary, Dayon Kovacevic. Uh, Dayon, what's your take on James Harrison comments that Lev Bell should fake injury and defraud the Steelers. Uh, that's certainly biting the hand that fed. Well, he wasn't down in the lobby, so let's start there, because I just came in the building, and he wasn't hanging around. It wouldn't bother me if he were. <laughs> I'm sure that it would not. I have no doubt about that. Uh, James Harrison stayed awfully quiet, Mark, for the better part of his NFL career, and some guys handle retirement and being out of the spotlight better than others. He hasn't. He has found a way to all of a sudden say things about events in the NFL, certainly related to the Steelers, taking every cheap shot that he can at them, thinking maybe that that's his way to get onto TV or get people to pay attention to him again. Because that's all that's happened here, Mark. I, I like to get to the core of things as opposed to symptoms. That's what this is about. He's trying to find a way to get people to pay attention to him. As I said earlier, he's trying to stake a place for himself in the media. That's it. But I just And who would want him in the media, really? I mean, think. I mean, what, what's well, he, he have to offer? He's one of those guys that treated the media like it smelled bad Well, and, and now wants to join it. He did, but at the same time, that, that, that wouldn't keep you from... Uh, no, it wouldn't preclude or, I mean, him. Wasn't it, was it Sterling Sharp? That went his whole career. Didn't without, talk to the media. Bill didn't, Parcells didn't talk to the, the media, media terribly. And, and then all of went a sudden, ESPN. and all of a sudden, Sterling Sharp shows up and he's on TV talking like a total pro and everything. Well, that's not James Harrison. James Harrison doesn't have that. Well, no, he had no nuance to his game. I would think he doesn't get the X's and O's like some would. He just played via brute force and talks like a man who played via brute force. Well, I'm not impressed by his elocution. I'm not impressed by anything he says on TV now. I know the controversy is a way to stake your claim, but stupid isn't. This was just stupid. Well, a lot of it was stupid. I, the, the comment uh, about Chris Conti getting trucked by Vance McDonald saying, what would your wife or girlfriend think about that or your kids? Really? That's that's your thought? Something involving someone's personal life? Yeah, it's a rough game. I mean, I mean hey, Chris Conti's no know, less of a man. I mean, you know what I say? Vance my, McDonald executed a good stiff arm. If if I'm out there and Vance McDonald bowls me over for a 75 yard touchdown, believe me, I have a very easy time explaining that to my wife and kids. And I'm guessing they'll still like me afterwards. James Harrison is a guy who measures everything in being a man. Brute his force, perception, brute force, yeah. toughness. You know, if 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 he disagrees, his response is to threaten you as opposed to debating you, and that's what stupid people do. He's not a, a smart individual. Now, has Harrison destroyed his connection to Pittsburgh and the Steelers? Because I think he has. Um, not today he didn't. He did that months ago. But, <laughs> I mean, that's well, not... when, he went, when he went to New England. Yeah, I mean, but, but going you, to New England in and of itself. Don't you think today is confirmation? I, I mean, I think there's a whole bunch of confirmation since then. When he went to New England, it was one thing. Look, other people have found employment in other places. All right, but he finagled Legarrette his Blunt way out. There. He fell asleep during meetings. He, yeah. he left when he wasn't dressed for games. Well, and guys in the Steelers' locker room finally piped up about him after he was gone. Stuff that uh, people like me and others heard regularly, but they weren't going to say it on the record. They said it after he was gone. A lot of people have gotten to see what he's all about. That Steelers' locker room tends to pipe up when the horse is already left the barn. I guess so. That horse left the barn and made a lot of noise in New England, and that bothered people. That's one thing. It's one thing to go to the, to the Patriots. It's another thing to start taking shots at Mike Tomlin, oh. regardless of what any... I know a lot of people to, here to, seized to, to on that. To defecate on the logo. It yeah. showed utter ingratitude. 
But like I said, that locker room speaks up when it's too late to speak up, and not just in the case of James Harrison. Now, what was good about the Steelers win at Tampa? Because I don't think much was besides Bannon finally winning a game. Oh, I don't agree with that at all. I, I think that I think that in the uh, the impression that I had that was the most powerful and lasting from that game, and a lot of guys in that locker room agreed with me on this, was that in the first half, in particular, we started to see the defense make plays on the ball. And that's something that I've been talking about here with you for months now. We saw a lot of that in the summertime in training camp. They needed to start getting that confidence. These guys who were making those plays went out there and did it. Terrell Edmonds got an interception. I heard a lot of people knocking, by the way, some of these defensive plays that the Steelers made, saying, well, you know, Fitzpatrick just made uh, you know, bad throws. I don't think a lot of people realize, for example, that Daniel McCullers got his hand on Fitzpatrick's hand to force that interception by Bud Dupree that resulted in a touchdown. Oh, no, no, no. That's I, a good I, football play. That, Give him credit. That is a good play, but the defense went to crap in the second half. They took 13 penalties. The special teams were bad. Uh, the Steelers were There was progress. Winners. You're not going to argue with me on that. There was progress Very in that marginal. game. I, I don't Very agree. marginal. I, I, don't, I don't see that. I, I, think, that, I, I think, think Tampa just had a bad first half. I, I think that and, and Ben. I also think that Tampa had a really good second half. The plays that, the plays that Fitzpatrick yeah, and, and his scored, receivers uh, made. Yeah, they 20 points. Uh, 17. But yeah, they, 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 I liked a lot of what I saw from the Steelers in terms of progress. I also, that said... This is not a reflection on performance, but I'm concerned that some of the guys who made some of those plays are now hurt. And by that, I mean specifically Mike Hilton and his elbow and Juju Smith-Schuster with an abdomen. Abdomens are rough, Mark. That you, you just There's no way to, for them to heal quickly. Not for me. Mine are well protected. Uh, ben was really great, wasn't he? His passer rating against the Blitz was 158 on Monday. And Dejan, I really do believe that no quarterback has ever been better when he's literally under pressure in the pocket trying to find something as it closes in upon him. Yeah. Without, Nobody matches up the Without back. necessarily having the elusiveness that he once had. I know what you mean. But with them actually being right on I him. I think he actually yeah. might, Dejan. It's just a different kind of elusiveness now. I'll tell you what. The pass in particular and his arm, I, I think, and I'm just going to guess at this, that there was a part of Ben that watched Patrick Mahomes the previous week and started thinking, I'm going to fire the ball like that. Because some of the passes that he made Monday night in Tampa, how about the touchdown to Ryan Switzer? I mean, I know it's a short pass. It has to be, Mark, on the millimeter on target. I thought the best pass was the one he made uh, stepping up in the pocket to get out of a crowd yep. where he rolled right through across his body to Juju Smith-Schuster. It was beautiful, middle. yeah. He, I, I, he, that was a more of an old-school Ben where he flicked that, it for the first down. He might be the only quarterback in the league that could make that play. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, he's literally winging it. The only one who could escape and make that throw. Some could do one or the other. He's the only one who but could do But for the both. purposes of pure throws, and we tracked these. In the first game against Cleveland, he had 12 complete misfires. Not incompletions, but balls that he just misfired on. The following week against Kansas City, there were 13. This past week, he was close to perfect in that regard, Mark. I mean, he was right on the money. And he was rewarded by being AFC Offensive Player of the Week. We're talking today, John Kovacic of DKPittsburghSports.com. He's brought to you by Walnut Grill. Have you really never blocked anybody on Twitter? Is that true? No, never. Wow. That's giving uh, a troll a significance he doesn't deserve. That's impressive. Never blocked. I, I mute the whole con- discussion a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. That's I can't see, muting the conversation. I can't, right. see that's anybody, I can't see anybody I don't follow. I, I have that function on about, about 80% of the time. Um, 
Vance McDonald's stiff arm was a turning point in the game. Was it a turning point in the season? It really seemed to be a wake-up call, and I don't think if McDonald makes that play, the Steelers win that game. I I would like to say yes, because we saw the effect that it had on both the offense and certainly on Cam Hayward on the sideline with the incredible reaction that he had. Um, but I'm not comfortable with taking that away from Joe Hayden for his hit early on and then the plays that he made in the first half. To me, Joe Hayden solidified, as you and I were saying just last week. He's the glue. He is the glue. And he demonstrated that uh, both with the hit and with the pass breakup in the end zone, which was outstanding. I mean, that was that was elite primetime Darrell Revis level of coverage in, in the end zone. Um I think he's a special player, and when he's on his game the way he was, he makes a difference. But Vance McDonald, symbolically, yeah. I mean, it's not just the 75-yard touchdown, by the way. He also had a really, really good first half overall that shouldn't be forgotten. He was their best player, I thought, in that first half. He's just got to stay healthy. Uh, He does. Is A.B. now the number 2 receiver behind Juju? Because if that continues, that will be a problem. Well, not now. I mean... I'm going to repeat this, not to alarm people or not to give them fantasy advice or whatever, but you have an abdomen injury. I don't know. I mean, those things just don't go away. And, you know, if you're talking about based on... It's tough to assume the severity of the injury. I know. He did not practice today, and and that was listed on the participation report officially. Maybe it's all that dancing. I will say this. Injured. Um, he has positioned himself with the way that Ben and Randy Feetner are, are working the offense right now with a lot of crossing routes. You right. saw that? Right. Uh, a lot of pe- passes right down the middle. That's why they were going with extra tight ends. It's why they focused on Vance McDonald early on. It's why Switzer's been involved to a lot of people's surprise. Uh, in that sense, yeah, he's going to get more balls thrown to him than Antonio Brown will. Does that make him the number 2 receiver? Let's see what 84 does with the ball. Let's see what he does. When you know what I mean? That That's the thing you're here. You're right. But, Don't but, forget but that A.B. A- judges himself by stats. Yeah, but period. part of his look. And he compares made, himself to everybody, but period. But what made A.B. A.B. was not separation and volume of catches. It's been yards after the catch, meaning over the course of his career. No, no question, but I, I think to What's, be blunt. And he hasn't been breaking. Well, look, I'm not going to criticize the guy. He is exactly he, what he is. He's 30. He might not be quite what he was. For him, he would get the ball anywhere on the field and make something monstrous out of it. That's been the the magic of Antonio Brown. Yes. And that has only happened a couple of times. Are we spoiled by what we've seen to this point? Yeah, maybe he still has that in him. Maybe he doesn't. We'll see. That, to me, is going to be what tells you what's the number one receiver on this team. Uh, Moving to the Penguins, who are at home tonight for an exhibition. Daniel Sprong is on the fourth line for tonight's exhibition game. That didn't take long, did it? No, it didn't. And, you know, Mike Sullivan is being extra cautious about that. Actually, a little bit defensive, unusually so for him. In saying, well, well don't why, read why too much into defensive? the lines. Don't read too much into the lines. Because I think he has been, no, I don't think. I know he has been sensitive and aware of the criticism of him about young players. And I think that's why you will see him actually. See, I have no problem with the way Sully handles young players because I think anybody who thinks Sprong should have a spot on the depth chart above Hornquist and Kessel. No, you're crazy. It's insane. Yeah, but that's why they've been looking at Sprong for third line more than anything else. And then then he has to beat out, you know, Brian Rust. And is he a, is he a better right winger right now than Brian Rust? Well, and I don't want to move Rust to and left I, wing. That's why I said that. You know, but to to complete the thought on Sullivan, that the, one of the reasons that he, I think, overcompensates with his praise for Zach Aston Reese 
is that he wants people to understand, look, I'm not opposed to young guys. I just want you to do the right thing when you're on the rink. Aston Reeson's is the lineup tonight either. But it's a preseason game. It just yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure they, they like him like they like Dominic eh, they, they have to split guys up in the last two games. That's all. Yeah, they, no, you want him in Columbus. That makes sense. I'm not reading too, too much into it, but I'm not discounting a, a potential the coach loves The line. coach loves Zach Aston Reese. You know that. I mean, he does go over the top with it, but he also has a ton of respect. Well, for okay, then where does Sprong start the season? What line? Where does Zach Aston Reese start the I, season? I think you're, in all likelihood, you are looking at a fourth line situation for Sprong where he just doesn't play much and you have to find other guys who kill penalties. Now, fortunately for them, they have 75 centers on the roster, all of whom can kill penalties theoretically, so they can find a way to get six forwards out of that. No, no, no. They, 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 they have Shane and Cullen on the fourth line. Who are both excellent penalty killers so, and excellent defensive players, five yeah, on five. Yeah, but but still, I. But just, Sprong's issue isn't defense. You know that. Yeah, but it's Sprung, not just defense. I should say. Sprong's issue is that he's not a fourth line style player, and I think he'll retreat and be discouraged if he's on the fourth line. He's not going to be discouraged if he's on the rink. Not after everything he's been through. What, I, I've talked to what, this what, kid. What, what if he's on the rink four minutes a game? I've talked to this kid more than I've talked to anybody up there in this training camp. He wants to be on the team. If he's he wants to be on the team, he wants to take a regular conspiring. shift. Oh, we're conspiring. He's like not even really foreign. I mean, they were raised. Well, he's born in the Netherlands, but he's raised in Canada. How foreign is that? That's pretty foreign. <laughs> uh, where does Ricola start the season? The Finnish Ray Bork. He has to. Uh, he has to start in Wilkesbury. He just does. I mean, what are you going to do? Good, good. The voice of reason. Fine. No, what are you going to do? I You're hear gonna... people saying, "Well, you know, they could trade Mata." I mean, come on. Um, I mean, you can do things with trade, but I mean, I'm exempting trade in the discussion. To, I, don't, I don't believe that either. Jim Rutherford has put this roster in a situation where it has excessive depth at every position except goal. That doesn't mean they don't have depth at goal. It means they don't have excessive depth. They have that right now at every position. By that, I'm even dividing the forwards. No question. No question they do. He's never had, I'm going to say this straight out, Including the championship teams, he has never had a deeper roster than the one he has right now. Well, well, that that been my point when I talk about Aston Reese and Sprong yeah. and Ricola, is that it's not an easy team to make. Uh, Teddy Bluger got cut already, and Teddy Bluger belongs in the NHL. Teddy Bluger is ready to play in the NHL right now, and he is legitimately the Penguins' number seven center. Yeah, and he the thing with Bluger, and this is one reason that I, I can tell you. That he's privately, you know, he's not complaining or anything, but he's a little bit discouraged because he's got to watch four people go down to injuries or bad performance in order to make his way up here. He he needs like an influenza epidemic. I mean, he needs mumps, I guess. Right? Was it mumps? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that 